Welcome to Eagle Clinical's Expert Update, the business of natural health. Whether you're working full-time in clinic, if it's your side hustle, or if you are thinking about starting a business in natural health, this podcast is for you. Your host, naturopath and educator, Lawrence Katsaris, will interview industry experts to share easy-to-consume expert updates. With the help of the experts, Lawrence will aim to simplify some of the more confusing questions that emerge when running a business, so you can get on with the more important things. Welcome to Eagle Clinical Expert Update. I'm Lawrence Katsaris, and on today's episode, we are joined by Victoria Brennan, who's both a naturopath and accountant and specialises in supporting healthcare practitioners make sense of their numbers. Victoria launched her accounting firm, Numbers for Health, during the pandemic when she started getting many inquiries from naturopaths and nutritionists on how to best sort out their accounting problems. It seemed that many traditional accountants did not fully understand the needs of healthcare practitioners. And so in this episode, Victoria goes on to help explain some of these intricacies and clarifies some of the frequently asked questions that she receives, such as whether or not you should register for GST and what type of business you should set up, whether it should be sole trader, company or trust. Victoria has modelled her accounting strategies based on a system called Profit First, and she goes into a little bit more detail about this system during the episode. After the episode, if you're still interested in learning more from Victoria, you can find her on her Facebook page, Healthy Profits Community, as well as signing up to the Eagle Clinical and Integria Practitioner e-newsletters to stay up to date with any new announcements that we may have with extra support, learning modules, and webinars for you. So I hope that you enjoy the episode and learn a lot from Victoria's explanations about accounting and healthy profits for your natural healthcare clinic. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to telling all my fellow practitioners about how to have a healthy and profitable business. So to start off with, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. So I am a naturopath as well as a qualified accountant and tax agent. So I started off my career as an accountant, got burnt out, became a naturopath, loved that, had a baby and came back to practice in the middle of a pandemic and all of a sudden fell into helping my fellow naturopaths and nutritionists and other prackies with their accounting and tax. Honestly, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me as I really enjoy working with you guys, not only because I can help your businesses grow and flourish, but because I still feel like I am vicariously healing the world through all of you. One of the biggest reasons I got into this is I noticed a massive disconnect between accountants and you guys. You guys really wanted to learn. You wanted to know more about money and numbers and your business, but you weren't getting the support that you needed. I see this all over the Facebook groups about a Apraki looking forward to meeting their new accountant, learning more about all the numbers stuff. And after, after meeting their accountant, they feel totally deflated They didn't really feel like they learned anything and in some cases were talked down to. So I wanted to change that. Unfortunately, some traditional accountants don't understand about naturopathy or nutritional medicine or natural health in general. And they think it's a hobby or they think it's just a side hustle and they don't really take it seriously. And this is why I started Numbers for Health as I wanted my fellow naturopaths and nutritionists and other health prackies to know what they're doing, to feel confident in their numbers, and to set them up for success. 
I want them to feel like they have someone on their team that understands them, that cares about them, that speaks their language, not some technical accounting gobbledygook, and is a cheerleader for them rather than perhaps a naysayer. So why is it so important to look at your accounting very seriously when you're starting your business or at any stage in your business? Well, I see a lot of new clients come to me and they perhaps haven't looked at their numbers in years. And the downfall of this is threefold. First, when it comes time to get things sorted, it can be completely overwhelming. It can be a massive mess and take 10 times longer than it otherwise would have. And it just compounds and perhaps just bury their head in the sand. So don't do that. Second, if you don't know your numbers, you're missing a key part of the picture when it comes to making informed business decisions. If you don't know your numbers, how do you know if you need to raise your prices? How do you know if you can afford to do the thing? How do you know how to pay yourself? We need to know these things to have a healthy business and a rewarding business. And last but not least, you need to know your profit. If an employer told you that they weren't going to tell you how much they would pay you, would you work for them? Pretty sure the answer to that is no. So why do we do it to ourselves? You work so hard, you deserve to be rewarded and paid beautifully by your business. If you don't measure your profit, if you don't know where you're at, how can it grow and flourish? This is both from a law of attraction perspective and a practical perspective. So now I'm going to talk about the most common mistakes I see prackies make, apart from the three I just mentioned. First is not setting up a business bank account or having personal transactions in your business bank account. Always, always set up a business bank account right from the start and keep it to only your business transactions. This will make your accounting so much quicker and easier. Number two, you need a system to track your numbers. That could be a spreadsheet or an accounting system. I personally recommend Zero because it's more user-friendly than other accounting systems that I've used, but you can use whatever you need to, just stay on top of it. Number three, if you don't review your financial performance or reports, you aren't going to know what's going on in your business. You need to be generating a profit and loss statement at least quarterly, if not monthly. Number four, You need a system to manage the money in your business. Setting up systems allows you to free up that valuable brain space that you you need to use on other tasks in your business. Systematizing things allows you to just repeat the same thing over and over and get a good result. This is why I recommend the Profit First system. You may have heard of this. It's a book by Mike Michalowicz and I highly, highly recommend you read it. If you're not sure how to spell Mike Michalowicz, that's okay. It'll be in the show notes. If you Google Profit First, it'll be the first one that comes up. And it guarantees healthy financial outcomes if it's set up and used properly. So mistake number five is not getting help when you need it or trying to do it all yourself. Why do you spend 10 hours every quarter doing your bookkeeping and trying to figure out your BAS when we can do it for you? How much is the value of your time wasted versus what the price is? You need to be making these decisions about your valuable time. And the sixth mistake I make is using the sole trader business structure long after you should have set up something else. 
Being a sole trader is great right from the start. If you're new to business, if you're slow to start, if you're only planning to do it part-time, but if you're really serious and your business grows quickly or you're very profitable, I recommend considering a company or trust setup. These other entity types offer much greater personal asset protection and they also have the potential for significant tax savings as your income gets higher. Now, I just want to quickly touch on how to track your data. I've touched on it before. I recommend using Zero, but what does that mean? It means that you have a business bank account that you have all your business income and expenses go through and you connect that live feed into Zero, and then your bookkeeping involves going in and telling Zero what to do with all of those transactions. When it comes to keeping track of your receipts and your invoices, I recommend doing this digitally. If you get a physical invoice, you can take a photo and upload it, usually using your phone. And I recommend using a free cloud or a cheap cloud storage like Google Drive. Now let's talk a little bit more about those different entity types, which is sole trader, company and trust. So first off, sole trader. A sole trader is not a separate legal entity to you. You are the sole trader. The sole trader is you. You are one and the same. And that is why you have probably noticed that you don't do a separate tax return. You have your usual tax return and you just attach a business schedule. This is the simplest business structure and it is often the cheapest to maintain. And I recommend this structure for those that work part-time or are newer in business or never intend to grow their business to have quite significant earnings, say over a hundred thousand. Next up is a company. A company is a great option for personal asset protection. As your business is a separate legal entity to you, if something goes wrong with the business, there is less risk that your personal assets will be caught up in a lawsuit or any kind of claim. Also, if you have a company there, you can do a lot more tax planning than you can as a sole trader, uh, but chat to your accountant or me about that one. The downside of a company is that it is more expensive to maintain. However, if you work full-time in your business and your profits are around 80,000 or more, this tends to be a better business structure. On top of that, as this entity type is more recognized by banks and other institutions, it can be easier to get grants or funding if that is important to you. Now let's talk about trusts. So a trust is the relationship between a beneficiary and a trustee. In my clients, I often see this in the form of a family trust, and this is a great structure as you can distribute income not only to yourself, but to your partner or your family members. And in that way, you can do some tax planning there as well. Like a company, the trust requires a separate tax return on top of your original tax return and can be more expensive to maintain because of those additional reporting requirements. So if I didn't make that clear, the key difference when it comes to your obligations between a sole trader and a company and a trust is that a sole trader is just your individual tax return with an additional business schedule and the company and the trust require a separate tax return as well as financial reports. And that's often what leads to those additional costs each year. But as I said, at the higher income levels, it can be more worthwhile because of that additional flexibility with tax planning, as well as those benefits from that legal separation of you and the business. So if you want to know how to set up an entity, you get in touch with your accountant. 
that could be me. I, I help my clients set up new entities all the time. We walk you through the process and then tell you what you need to do going forward. Next up, I'm going to talk about two topics which I get asked questions about all the time. That is, number one, what can I deduct in my business? What am I allowed to expense? What can I claim? And number two is, should I register for GST? What's the deal with GST? All right, so first let's talk about deductions. As a general guide, if you want to know what you can deduct, just think about your day in the life. So what do you do from when you start work to when you finish work to when you do any touch anything related to your business? Just step through your day and anything that you use or buy or need, that is more than likely than not a deduction. Now, even that's time spent learning about your client, uh, your client's conditions or time spent marketing, um, getting hiring a marketing consultant, getting re uh, paying for resources and even little things like tissues and pens and essential oils that you burn in your clinic or flower essences that you share with clients, angel cards. If you do angel card readings at the end of your session, anything that you use in the course of your day. Now, there might may, may be some cases where it's not deductible and that's okay, but it's better to track that and bring that to your tax agent at the end of the year than to not keep track of it. So a couple of, couple of examples for you. A diary, seminars that you go to, webinars, software subscriptions, tea and coffee, toilet paper, hand wash, a yoga mat if you use that in your clinic, a desk to work from home, your laptop, your phone, your internet at a certain percentage if you also use it for personal purposes. Even fresh flowers for the clinic every day or a photo shoot, getting your hair and your makeup done, the price of groceries when you're doing food photography on your social media. There are so many things that you might not think of that you can deduct. So we're going to include a list of deductions in the show notes, but I also wanted to go through a couple of the more common questions I get or the ones that are commonly forgotten. First up is motor vehicle. I'm so often asked, oh, can I buy a car in my business? Why can't I, can I ride off my car in my business? Wouldn't that be great? Yes, it would be great if you could just for absolutely no other reason than you buy a car to deduct that fully in your business, but that's not the case. When it comes to being able to deduct your car expenses or depreciate your vehicle or have those expenses for your car in your business, it all comes down to the business usage. If you have very little business usage of your car, there is no point buying it in your business. It's going to cause more headaches than it's worth for very little benefit, if, un if any at all. And if you're not careful, it could cost you in what's called fringe benefits tax, which would be a higher tax rate than you're likely otherwise on. So if you genuinely use a motor vehicle in your business at a decent rate compared to personal use, then I recommend you keep a logbook. So a logbook is keeping track of your odometer readings, your travel dates, ev it's everything that you use your car for within that three, a three month period. And then you look at the amount you've used for personal versus business, and you can determine a business use percentage. And that percentage is what you can claim your motor vehicle costs at. If you don't travel enough to make it worthwhile uh, keeping a logbook, but you do do some travel in your car for business purposes, then you can claim cents per kilometer. Up to 5,000 kilometers you can claim without any 
uh, written records. Next up, I wanted to talk about home office expenses, especially in today's environment. There's a 99% chance out of 100 that you are working from home at some stage. So there are two ways you can claim home office expenses in your business. It's similar to the motor vehicle claim where you can do a cents per hour or you can do a, a business use percentage of your home office expenses. So all you have to do for the cents per hour method is to keep roughly a rough estimation of the amount of hours that you work from home throughout the year. So this could be, I work from home two days a week, eight hours a day times 48 weeks a year. It's as simple as that. For your mobile phone and internet usage, you can claim a business use percentage on top of your home office hours, depending on which, which cents per hour rate you are using, but that's another conversation to have with your tax agent. And as an alternative to the cents per hour and on top of your phone and internet claim, you can claim a percentage of business use of your running expenses and or your occupancy expenses in your home. Running expenses are the increased costs of using your home's facilities for your business. So for example, electricity and gas for heating and cooling and lighting, the decline in value of plant and equipment, so computers, furniture, furnishings, etc., and in that is also cleaning costs. Now, the other claim you can make for home office is occupancy expenses. The hurdle to be able to claim occupancy expenses is quite high. You need to have the room not to be able to be easily converted to personal use. And that includes rent. It includes interest on a mortgage. It includes those expenses that you incur at home that don't necessarily increase due to your work. Now, the caveat here is if you own your own home, you want to be very careful about claiming occupancy home office expenses because that can impact your capital gains tax main residence exemption on your home. And this has massive tax consequences. Going into this in detail is outside of the scope of this show, but I highly recommend you keep this in mind and bring this up to your tax agent at your end and they will guide you to the right decision. And on to my next most popular question, which is, should I register for GST? So if you're a naturopath, you would know that naturopathic consults are GST free. So you don't pay GST on your consultation income and you receive a refund for the GST paid on expenses. And in some cases, this can result in a BAS refund every time you lodge your BAS, which is your business activity statement, and that's where you report your GST. But what I want you to be aware of is there are some cases where as a naturopath, you may have to pay GST. And that is if your consultation income is only a portion of your income and that you have lots of other revenue streams, such as you sell lots of products, you sell online courses or workshops or anything else that isn't classified as a consultation under the GST Act. If that's the case, if that income that has GST on it, that other income that's not consults is higher than your expenses, you will have to pay GST. The reason I bring this up is because a lot of people have a very blanket statement and say, 
oh, you're a naturopath. doesn't matter how big you are. You should register for GST because you'll get a refund. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case in every circumstance. Now, just to make it clear with the GST uh, registration requirements, you once you hit $75,000 of income, not profit, but revenue, sales, turnover, whatever you call it, once you hit that $75,000 mark, you must register for GST. If you expect to hit that $75,000 mark in the next 12 months, you must register. Or if you've seen over the last 12 months that you've hit the $75,000, you, you can register for GST. So there is an option to register for GST. When you are under $75,000, you can register early. And if you do register early and you are a naturopath and you expect a GST refund, I would recommend doing an annual BAS. It just makes your life easier. Rather than having to figure out every single quarter where your numbers are, what you're doing, and do the reporting and lodge your BAS, you can just do it all at the end of the year. Just saves you time and effort. If you are over the $75,000 mark and you are required to register for GST, the annual BAS is no longer an option and you have to report quarterly. Now I want to talk about nutritionists and GST. You may be surprised to learn that the GST and nutrition argument is a hot button topic, both amongst nutritionists and tax professionals. There is no black and white answer that says, yes, nutritionists have to charge GST on their consults or no, nutritionists don't need to charge GST on their consults. This is a gray area of law. Tax law, you may be surprised, is not all black and white. There is a lot of gray, there is a lot of open to interpretation, and this is one of those particular circumstances. Now, within my firm, we have taken steps to mitigate some of this uncertainty by developing what's called a reasonably arguable position paper. It's also called a wrap. So by having this wrap, we are able to gather the evidence, look at the law, look at the cases, look at the instant, the circumstances of our clients and say, we believe we have a reasonably arguable position to say that nutrition consults should be GST free. Fortunately, it can't apply to anyone. It only applies within our firm and we assess our clients on a case-by-case basis. However, it does give more certainty and reduce risk around lodging your bazes as GST free nutrition consults. However, if you're a new nutrition graduate, I just recommend avoiding registering for GST for as long as you need to until you have to, and then we can have this conversation. It just is the safest bet. Just to wrap up with GST, I want to reiterate that you do not need to register for GST and report GST to the ATO unless you are over the 75,000 in which instance you need to register and report quarterly on your BAS. If you are under 75K, you can optionally register for GST with the ATO and you can choose to report annually if you want to. And if you are not registered for GST at all and you are under the $75,000 threshold, you just operate as if GST doesn't exist. You don't need to adjust your prices. You don't need to worry about reducing the cost of your products by the 10% of the GST. No, it's fine. Leave it as it is. Price your consults or other products however you want. You do not have to factor in GST and you also cannot claim GST back from your purchases. You just do not track GST at all and operate as if, as I said, GST doesn't exist. 
and that is if you are not registered for GST. And now we've gotten to what is arguably the most fun part of this conversation. If you can say any part of this was fun, which I think it is, you might not, but I think it is. So let's talk profit. For many of you out there, profit is a dirty word. Now, please, 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 I want to get this mindset out of your psyche because profit is an inherent part of business. It is how your business rewards you and you need your profit. You need your money to survive. And we all go out there every day helping our patients thrive. So we deserve to thrive too. So what is profit and why is it important? Profit is, according to the accounting equation, income minus expenses. Income minus expenses equals profit. If you are a business owner, your profit is essentially the money that your business earns you. It is not your income. There's a saying that I love and I say it to my clients all the time. Revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. Now, cash is king is a whole other conversation, so let's focus on the profit is sanity. It doesn't matter how big you grow your business, if you're not if you're not growing in a profitable way, you're not earning any more money. You could have a $50,000 business or a $100,000 turnover business and still be earning $30,000 in profit. That's the same amount of money for both businesses. It doesn't matter what the revenue is. And as I said at the start of this chat, if someone asked you to work for free or for very little money for all your hours of hard work, you would probably laugh in their faces. So why do we do it to ourselves? Stop it. Stop it now. Know your profit. If you do nothing else after this call, go away and figuring out what, figure out what your profit is. Figure out your real hourly rate based on your profit. If it's not a number that makes you happy, then something needs to change. And if you aren't satisfied that by that number, I want to reassure you that it's okay. This is really common for the clients that come to see me. They haven't known what their profit is most of the time until they do their tax return and they haven't really put any thought into what that means for them. So you're not alone and it's not too late to turn it around. And the way you can do that to start off with is by implementing the profit first system. I touched on profit first earlier in the show because it's a really great system that you can use to manage the money in your business and I said it guarantees healthy financial outcomes, but not all, not only that, it guarantees profit. So if we're going to talk profit first, we first need to understand why the traditional accounting model has failed you and why if it worked, then so many small business owners wouldn't be failing every single year. First off, it's because the accounting formula for the traditional accounting model is broken. You know that sales minus expenses equals profit equation? This formula, while logically accurate, does not account for human behavior. And as you know, when you see your clients, you can give them the most logical and fantastic treatment plan in the world. But if it doesn't align with their current behaviors or habits, or those habits are too hard to break, your clients may fail time and time again. So how do we fix the accounting formula? Well, we flip it on its head. Instead of the profit being the leftover, being the final consideration, being what is left over after you do everything else, we bring it to the forefront. So income minus profit equals expenses. 
Now this system can work for you whether you're new to business and you've just graduated or you've been in business for 25 years. Now there is a book, Profit First, which is written by Mike McCallowitz. And that covers pretty much everything you need to get started with Profit First. It's a fantastic read. It's actually quite engaging considering it's about cash management. And you might find it very motivating and inspiring. I found it so inspiring, in fact, that I became a licensed Profit First professional because I believe that all business owners should use this system and that it can be a benefit no matter what stage you're in business. Now we've talked about how we flip the accounting equation on its head and we get the income minus profit equals expenses. But how does this work practically? Well, it uses what's called bank balance accounting. So you have a different bank account for different uses of your money, a little bit like the barefoot investor, if you've heard of him. So you have your income account, operating expenses account, owner's compensation account, your profit account, and your tax account. Now these are the five foundational accounts. You can have more or less, but I highly recommend starting with the five and each account has a purpose for your money. So as you allocate every single dollar that comes in to each of these accounts, you will know by glancing at your internet banking exactly what money you have on hand and for what purpose. And it will give you that clarity and control over your cash, over your finances that you've probably never had before. And with that comes a peace of mind and certainty to know that you're on the right track to these healthy financial outcomes. The beauty of this system is that we don't have to change any of our habits. Let me explain that. So what is your habit, either daily or weekly, to check the money or the finances in your business? Do you generate a profit and loss statement or look at your budgeting spreadsheet? I'm going to say probably not. What you probably do is open up your bank and look at how much money you have. In the absence of profit first, looking at your bank balance gives you very limited, useful financial data. Whereas after profit first, when you split all your money between the accounts, you can glance at that and know exactly what to do with your money by doing what you normally do, opening up your banking. You are leveraging your existing habits to create better results. As health practitioners, you know, one of the hardest things for your clients to do is change their habits. So why not turn unhealthy habits into healthy ones for you and your business? Another way that profit first is like what you do with your clients is the principle of eating your vegetables first or getting that good stuff in and crowding out the bad stuff. So when we take our profit first, we get that really nutritious, fibrous food that nourishes, up right, nourishes us right up front and we make sure we don't fill up on the junk, which is basically just overspending when we don't have the money and creating a, either a loss or no profit for us at the end of the day or no tax savings so that at the end of the year you have a tax debt that you can't pay. Now the profit first system works if you use it and you will bake in profit into every single dollar that you earn from the very start and it will allow your business to grow in a profitable and sustainable way. And it proactively drives healthy financial performance rather than waiting to the end of the year and looking back and realizing that you didn't do as well as you thought you did. So if you want to know more about that, please get in touch today. Now, I know that was a lot to cram into a short amount of time. So if you need more help, please reach out. That's what I'm here for. That's why I do what I do. I love to help you guys and answer your questions. 
I also would love to invite you to join me in my Facebook group. My Facebook group is called the Healthy Profits Community Group, and it'll be linked in the show notes. I'd love to see you in there. I'd love to hear about your business. If you have any questions about what happened today, or if you want to share anything that you've used today that has transformed your business, hopefully, I would love to hear about it. Or do you just want to connect? Please join the group. And lastly, I just really want to thank Lawrence and the team at Eagle for having me on this podcast and being able to share this with you guys. I just really want to spread the message and have all of us be more financially literate and stay in business longer so that we can help more people. Thank you for listening to Eagle Clinical's expert update. For further information and show notes, visit the Eagle Natural Health website at eaglenaturalhealth.com.au. If you have a topic that you would like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on the Eagle website or message us through our social media pages. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with the latest episodes. 